looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Mmm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm -mm Mmm-mm-mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. Hey there, Friday fans. We know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any other films. All orders are made specifically. Your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. Hi folks, this is country music artist Ken Wilbur and you are listening to Crazy Train Radio. Hitched a ride out of Detroit, 18 weeks. Headed down to Dixieland of the cotton fields. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in a podcast world, Croc. 
Jonathan Steele. And I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isles. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. All right, folks, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This next guest is an independent New York country music artist, which some would say that sounds oxymoron, but let's give me time and you'll see why. It's cool, but you can catch his new album, which is out now, Rain Out of the Sky, which he's actually produced with a, again, with Sonny LaMurray, and I don't know, I apologize for butchering that, who he's worked with before. But you can obviously always check out his music on streaming, like Spotify and Apple Music, and available for download on Google Play, Amazon, yada, yada, yada. Yes, I'm pulling out my Seinfeld again. I like to pull out this guest, Ken Wilber. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm doing well. Yourself? Can't complain. Nobody listens. But where in the world are you at this point? Uh, Well, I'm currently uh, at my house in... uh the bustling metropolis of Franklin, New York. And we were talking about this and started going down that road, but didn't want to get too deep into the conversation because uh, otherwise you waste the good stuff, not record it. But he is sitting in a room and folks won't see this because it's only going to be audio used as usual. He is sitting in a massive vinyl collection or in a room full of a massive vinyl collection. So curious to know before we get into your stuff, why have this massive vinyl collection there? Well, uh, I've been collecting records since I was probably about seven years old when my uh, my grandmother gave me a stack of about a hundred of them for, for my birthday that was basically her old collection that she didn't want anymore. And uh, it just started uh, a, a love for for vinyl as a medium. And I guess at the end of the day, as a consumer of music, my tastes go back so far and so deep, not only in country music, but in, in other genres, that there's a lot of material people don't realize that has never been made available on CD or for streaming. So if you want to hear this stuff, you have to go back to the vinyl or, or find a reel-to-reel tape copy of it or something like that. So that's, you know, part of the reason of the massive collection is that, you know, I tend to find an artist that I like. And then once I decide that I like them, then I want to get their entire catalog, listen to everything they did. And then I branch off from there and it's like, okay, who did they like? And it just, it just snowballs. And I'll put it this way. One of my favorite artists and I did a special on him years ago, probably within our first year. Jeff Healy, the blues artist who was from Toronto, Canada. And you mentioned about who do they like and whatnot. He was known to have a massive, what they call 45 collection. Mm-hmm. So, and during that special, I was talking to his wife and she said she still had it at the time. But, you know, he was such known as such a music aficionado between jazz and blues and you know just his collection as well was just massive but speaking of that though are you surprised vinyl has been making a comeback the past couple years yes and no um vinyl is an amazing amazing medium even though it's old if you get the right pressing and you have the right equipment 
nothing sounds better. If you get the wrong pressing or you don't have top-notch equipment, you're not going to get the fidelity out of it. And you're going to kind of say, Hey, what is all this about? But you know, if you're really passionate about it and you really put the, in, the money and the, you know, research into getting your stuff, you're, you're not going to be sorry with, with vinyl. Well, you mentioned the collection that your grandmother started yet with as a child. And what was some of that collection? Because obviously I know you had have uh, old school country values, I would say, as far as your influences with your music, whether it be Conway, Merle, George, Johnny, you know, just that bunch from the 60s and 70s. So what kind of collection? Was there any gems in there that your grandmother gave you? Oh, well, I mean, they were they were gems to me. Um, I don't know, you know, how much of a gem they would be uh, to a lot of other people. Uh, her her tastes were tended to be, you know, what was popular in the, in the day. But for me, a lot of it was stuff that, you know, they weren't playing on the radio anymore. So it was it was all new to me. So, you know, a lot of those names you mentioned, you know, a lot of the Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard, and, you know, Conway Twitty, Farron Young, George Jones, a lot of those people um and so i mean <laughs> i really uh i really enjoyed several of them i think i i think i've worn out three copies of uh conway twitty's uh southern comfort album <laughs> <laughs> well i want to play one of your tracks i'm going to insert it here but i want to give you the option and folks make sure you check out the new album rain out of the sky which is out now and Two that stood out to me, the title track, Rain Out of Sky, or Memphis Play. Out of the two, which one would you say would be a real selling point for your music? I know your music, it's all like all your children and stuff, but out of the two, which do you think stands out? Well, I mean, I, I think they both stand out for different reasons. They're they're vastly different. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Memphis when you got the blues. I think that's a... Uh, a beautiful song i like the story behind it um i think it has a real cool vibe to it so i like that one and then i like uh i like the uh ran out of sky as well for all the layered harmonies and you know all the other goodies with it and once again that's a great story so if you know flip a coin man either way <laughs> so hold on i'm gonna flip that coin i'm gonna put both in what the hell because it's two different stories and whatnot Hitched a ride out of Detroit, 18 weeks. Headed down to Dixie, land of the cotton fields. Driver said, You look so sad, son. Where you headed to? I said, I always heard Memphis is a place to go when you got the blues. They got The troubles right out of you Yeah, I always heard Memphis is a place to go When you got the blues Drove all night 
Till the sun came up Told him how you broke my heart How I'm picking up the pieces To a world you tore apart You let me out at the city limit sign Said, son, good luck to you I've always heard Memphis is a place to go When you got the blues They got Graceland and Beale Street Sweet Magnolia Tree People singing sweet soul music Floating on a summer breeze They say the mighty Mississippi Will wash the troubles right out of you church bells chime There's a man with a saxophone playing blues to this heart of mine The sound of sweet redemption carries down the avenue Telling me Memphis is a place to get me over you They got Graceland and Beale Street Sweet Magnolia Tree Slowly rising over 
Coming out of that, so make sure, like I said, check out Ken's stuff through Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google Play, all that stuff. I like to dive deep a little bit with our guests, which is awesome. Now, you, I saw, and I know you said you're in Franklin, and I don't know where that lies, but in terms of, like, I know New York State somewhat. But you were born in Onita, excuse me, Juanita, and which is the reason I know the area is because I am a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame, which is about half hour, give or take. Yeah, right up in Cooperstown. Yeah, in Cooperstown. So the, the region Ken is from is just awesome. If you want it, they have, I won't mention too many of the stories up there which are awesome oh my gang and all that but oh yeah can you talk about that area you're from because it like i said it's just an awesome area passing through and it's a very laid-back area yeah absolutely i mean it, the community that i i grew up in was you know i mean the the business around here is pretty much agrarian, you know, agricultural and farming and stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of wide open spaces and, you know, it, I like that very much as a kid. Cause I could, I could go outside and run around and, you know, had acres and acres to play on. And, you know, it was, it was pretty cool growing up here. Um, you know, you, you get people who are, are from out of the area and they come in here. I think most people are struck by the, 
the historic beauty of the mm-hmm. the area and there's a lot of nice homes and it, it's just very picturesque especially you know if you come through in the fall when all you know all the leaves are turning and stuff you get some good foliage but it was just a really nice place to grow up a tight-knit group of people um you know i mean i had a very small uh class i think i had about 110 kids in my graduating class which you know to some people is just like that blows their mind but it was great because you know we all we all knew each other yeah and it's funny because where i went to school which i was probably about 150 or not something like that and i'm in a suburb of a major city of philadelphia but we still had a smaller class like that but like you said the area is just wonderful when especially when the season changes and the local brewery that i like Uma Gang is uh, right there too. So, yes. but he, two things that I noticed when doing a little homework about you, which was awesome. There, besides the love of old school country, there was a love of theater for you. But when you got into playing music, I was appreciative that you opened for both Blackfoot and Molly Hatchet. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was quite the experience. I uh, actually got roped into uh, to singing with a with a southern rock band uh, called um, JD Mistress, and they were phenomenal, phenomenal group of musicians. I uh, had a blast working with them, and they uh, they kind of roped me into playing this uh, southern rock fest in in Albany, and we got to open for for uh, Molly Hatchet and Blackfoot, which was a really cool experience. I was a little bit of a fish out of water there, um, you know, until I got up on stage and started singing, and then everybody seemed to really enjoy it. All right. Well, I don't know if you know the story I'm going to reference since you said that, but it reminds me of a story that Vince Gill had told, and he was playing Crossroads, which I'm sure you're very familiar with, which has... For those who don't know, which you must be living under a rock, it has a who's who of everybody who plays guitar. It was E.B. King and Clapton and Stevie Ray Vaughan back in the day. And yeah, I mean, you name it. I could be the wrong timing on Stevie, but Greg Allman, but a who's who of known guitar players. And Vince is an incredible guitar player. And he said... So he goes to play the first one and they're th- everybody's ribbing him saying he's going to, oh, you'll be the uh, popcorns at, meaning that people go get their drinks and popcorn and or snacks and food or whatever during his session, then come back for Clapton's and BB's and, you know, the major names, quote unquote. So sure enough, he gets on stage, starts playing a, uh, I can't think of the artist, but he starts playing a song and they're like, oh, it's that country guy. But next thing you know, he starts really getting into, you know, doing the figure licks and everything. That popcorn uh, tune change real quick. Everybody comes back. Whoa, listen to this guy. For those who weren't familiar with Vince's work. So I don't know if you were familiar with that story, but. No, I wasn't, but it's a very good one. It, it, it's funny how, how things happen like that. I mean, it, probably the most, uh, common comment that i get from uh you know people that i bump into as far as my my music is and oh man i'm I'm not really a country music person but boy that's pretty good i like that you know so if you can do that while still remaining true to who you are as an artist and true to your your genre of music then i i think you've you've done something right he was playing tulsa time was the song i believe he said so 
that you know and there's a lot of licks with that as well but speaking yeah. of guitar licks you started learning or learning to play at 16 do you find that was later to pick up the guitar or right about the right age to play uh, start learning to play well i mean i i think uh, as as anybody who you know who plays would would tell you the earlier you 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 pick it up the better but uh you know i i'd kind of i had picked it up a little bit earlier than that and had a few lessons and you know they were wanting me to play twinkle twinkle little star and i was wanting to play friends in low places so it didn't really work out too well and i kinda, <laughs> i kind of snubbed it i wish i i wish i would have stuck with it a little bit more back then but no i, I picked it up at uh about 16 years old um my chorus teacher george lesh uh actually you know taught me a couple chords and then just kind of turned me loose and whenever i had questions i'd I'd come to him and he'd help me out are you a guy that reads notes or do you play by ear because i tend to go i do a couple different instruments but i tend to be of the ear concept so which way would you say you are that's absolutely where i'm at i'm 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 by ear i mean i can read the notes but um not proficiently so i'm i'm pretty slow at it yeah, because I'm like you said about let's do twinkle twinkle little star and stuff and like learn my face and stuff when I was doing the piano lessons. It was like, oh, let me just, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, I'm gonna try to figure this out by. And now it's it's funny. I had a family member because I brought up Clapton earlier, who's played drums for over forty years, and. I was telling him stuff about, say, like Wonderful Tonight and a couple other Clapton tunes, just listening about the drums. And he's like, you're full of shit. And sure enough, it was he went. I said, all right. At the time, because you mentioned this earlier, folks, CDs were these little disc things before everything was digital. <laughs> so I put the CD. And I said, all right, listen. And sure enough, he goes, well, you're actually right. Go figure. But. Obviously, lately, things have been crazy, I guess, almost two years with COVID and everything else. Are you back out on the road at all? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not out on the road at the moment. Um, you know, things are still pretty uh, pretty slow here in, in New York. Um, I got to do a... Got to do a TV show last year that was pretty cool. Uh, did an episode of Jimmy Bowen and Friends uh, in their first season, and that was uh, that was really cool. But we've been doing a lot of work in the studio, and uh, in fact, I'm I'm headed back out to Nashville here in a couple weeks to uh, mix my next project. Right on, and I like because I've talked to many independent country artists and many independent artists in general, and everybody I talk to just loves nashville and what is it about nashville that you love because there's the small venues there's the food there's you know just so many little elements it's too big to be small as i like to say but too small to be big if that makes sense absolutely no it does and nashville nashville is a cool city man uh if you've never been go check it out even if you're not a country music fan there's so many things for for everybody uh like you mentioned the food i mean if you go down there here's a here's a plug for them my favorite restaurant down there uh you got to go get some hattie b's hot chicken nashville hot chicken that's uh the way to go good stuff lots of good food there are some really cool small venues um 
you know, if you if you're into kind of the Mardi Gras type experience, uh, Broadway is just full of bars and uh, they all have live music coming out of them. And it, if you've never experienced Broadway on Nashville, it's a very interesting thing. You're, you're, you're walking down the street at like midnight and there's just this cacophony of sound coming out at you from every single direction. And it's all different music and it just mixes in the middle of the street. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because a buddy of the show is uh, Phil Vassar. And I know he's looking at me. I know my phone is going to ring when I tell this story again. But when, when it comes to Broadway, he, t- and I believe it was on Broadway there, he was a co-owner of a bar when he first moved to Nashville or early on. And there'd be, like you say, with the excitement, it'd be music and fights and food. And he go, so he'd be up performing, had to get off stage throw a guy out of the bar he was the bouncer <laughs> you know, you know he, he'd be like they'd go back and finish playing the set and just like he'd be doing multiple roles at this you know venue that he was a winery or whatever that he was a co-owner of and it's like the story's hilarious i can't do it justice but it's like but also and even to this day you can go out in nashville and it's like holy shit excuse me for saying this but holy shit there's vince gill there's this one there's that like it's like i said it's that too big to be small but too small to be big that you never know who you might see but it's all very relaxed in town too it, it kind of blows your mind you know because you, you really are you know you're just walking down the street and you're, you're gonna bump into all kinds of different people i mean i was i was in nashville for about 30 seconds the first time i went and bumped into the the keyboard player from the black keys it's just like bam there it is just 30 seconds in town and it's really wild because when you're an outsider uh, it's amazing how friendly and approachable everyone that i've really come into contact with who's in the business uh, down there has been and they they all want to help you and, and and give you guidance and they're just very friendly and approachable exactly and it's i gotta get down there because like i said phil keeps telling me get your ass down here get your ass down here check this out you'll love nashville you You won't want to leave yeah exactly and he's not the only one who's told me that but obviously want to be respectful of your time but where is the best spots to catch you on social media and where where would you be most interactive uh, well, I'd, I'd start with uh, with Facebook, uh, Ken Wilbur Country on Facebook. You can uh, you can find me on there, and uh, we're always uh, posting little videos and song clips and other interesting things. And you can message me off of that, and I'll get back to you. Um, so definitely that one. But you know, we're on we're on Instagram and uh, pretty much all the major social media platforms, except for the for the TikTok. We haven't quite done that one yet. I'm kind of a little old um, school guy. I'm yeah, that I'm, one. I'm not going that route you know i know i'll catch you know i'll leave that to the young kids i'm also going to put links to the spotify and youtube channel and all his social media ken thank you so much thank you very much
This brand is truly exciting and so glad that they are starting to make a positive impact. Little Bean Soapery is a woman-owned small business based in Northeast Pennsylvania. Little Bean Soapery does so much as all products are handcrafted and offer many different things for both men and women. Soaps, scrubs, body butters, bath bombs, solid cologne, and much more. Little Bean Soapery also does things for special occasions such as birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and special seasonal gift sets. But also, let's not forget large orders for party favors by request. The great things about all products is that they are crafted to be nourishing on the skin. If you wish to check them out, please feel free to visit littlebeansoapery.com. Any questions, please feel free to also email littlebeansoapery at gmail.com for custom inquiries and or ask anything else you wish. Tell them that Elena from Crazy Train Radio sends you. Greetings, good citizens. I'm Pierre Robert from 93.3 WMMR. I don't know if you know this, but let me be the first to inform you. You are listening to Crazy Train Radio. Stay sane. Don't go off the edge. Please don't. We need you. (laughs) 